Does hybrid working suck? Do you trust your employer when they say a hybrid working model is coming to you soon? Are you an employee and you have no intention on ever going back into an office full time? Or maybe you're an employer trying to get your workforce back into those expensive offices. Let's talk about hybrid working and more on the Delivery Manager Daily. Hi and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily Podcast where I, your host Mario De Cristofano, will talk to you about life as a delivery manager. We'll talk about strategy, tactics, things to do, not to do and wrap that up in a way which makes sense. This is a daily series of podcasts which are released across all your favourite podcast software and there's a video version on YouTube with additional content if you wish. If you want to get in touch, get involved with the podcast or even be a sponsor, get in touch via Twitter, DM underscore daily and don't forget to check out the video version of this podcast on YouTube, The Delivery Manager Daily. Welcome to The Delivery Manager Daily, I'm your host Mario, thank you for listening. I have absolutely no idea what episode (laughs) uh, this is because even though it's called The Delivery Manager Daily, uh, I don't think I've ever uh, released a podcast daily so um, probably not going to do a title change but we'll, we'll work on a few more episodes coming out we've actually got a few more guests this year as well which I'm really excited about uh, we finished off the year on a high we had people like Andy Tabera and we've got some great uh, guests on over the next few months so without further ado let's get into it and I want to talk about today hybrid working and some of the problems that I see and and just wanted to talk about really I've had conversations with colleagues peers the organizations that I'm affiliated with or or uh, consult for or, or work for or even just down in the pub and obviously we're at that hopeful back end of the pandemic now where both employees are probably tentatively starting to look over each shoulder thinking are we back to normal yet and employers are starting to think well hell yeah we are and we've got all these expensive offices that we're renting or leasing or we've bought and they're full of stuff and kit and dusty equipment that's going unused and all the bills that need paying so we need people back into the office and somewhere in between all of that complexity i reckon you've got about half a dozen cohorts of different types of workers that some absolutely want to go back into the office and have already gone they're in done some that have absolutely no um, desire to ever work in an office again and finding the balance um, and I have my own personal posture as well as we all do uh, that's not reflective or representative of any of the companies that I'm involved with um, but I have my own personal opinion which might grate and be a little bit um, uh, you know might rage some people in terms of my very kind of um, sort of brass tax approach. Uh, what was that? Oh, that was a Java update. Sorry about that. Um, so let's talk about um, some of the problems that I see with a hybrid working model. And first of all, it's the way that companies are choosing to communicate that hybrid working model. For many businesses, I understand that the message is or that they are trying to communicate that it's back to the office, guys and girls. We're all going back. But you'll enjoy a level of flexibility and freedom that you've never had before. We know remote working works. Some of our companies and organisations have thrived whilst you've all been working at home. We've all saved costs on commuting and time and we don't really want to disrupt that. We want you back in the office, but when you do want to work from home occasionally, no longer are we going to scrutinise it or say no or find a reason to say no or get to log your time or implement sort of big brother type IT systems to watch what you do all day. We get it. And you can enjoy that flexibility and like everything else, you're an adult, use it responsibly and enjoy the perk. Employees are often reading the messages, hybrid working is working from home with occasional trips into the office. 
And they're okay with that. As I talk to organizations and businesses and people that are responsible for implementing hybrid working models, that delta, that gap between those two messages is really stark and apparent. Recently, I spoke to a number of people, a number of workers, employees, and asked them what they thought about coming into the office and working. And, you know, some have changed their lives radically and reconfigured their lives over the last two years, which is not and a little it's not a short amount of time, right? Two years. So people have made changes, you know. Uh, people are more available for the school runs that is now relied upon. Uh, people have taken up different sort of life patterns. Maybe they go to the gym more to combat some mental health issues and they don't want to give that up. Some have lost weight and are not in a city centre every day, so they're not going to the local Starbucks three times a day or the nearest Greg's. And their life's working out pretty well and they don't really want that balance interrupted. Not only that now, there are hurdles to going back to a nine till five in the office because they are available for that school run or they do um, ferry their grandparents around on a Friday. So these are practical logistical things that the hybrid working model needs to think about. Um, and I've talked to many people that have, and including myself, actually, I've changed element. I'm quite flexible and unfortunate that personally, uh, and we won't talk about me too much because I'm a bit of an anomaly, um, I think, in, in relation to others. But, but I generally tend to do what I want and enjoy the luxury and freedom that comes with that. But I've also changed my life, you know, in terms of the times that I go to the gym or uh, when, I, when I choose to be in the office and the times that I choose to finish. I've spoken to some workers and employees that um, they're genuinely unsure still and nervous about the pandemic and COVID or Omicron and have had COVID bad and have lost family and loved ones. Uh, and that's hard. And that psychological barrier, uh, it's it's apparent and it's something that has to be dealt with. And it's not always going to be easy for employers to kind of deal with that. How do you even start to speak to an employee that really is effectively working from from home from a performance perspective has had a really bad time with covid has lost a family member has been really ill maybe they've suffered a, a split with their partner or their spouse but the one constant is they can sit in a room or at the edge of a bed or on a couch for eight hours a day with work and earn much uh, valued income and those employers, those workers are looking at their employee with a quizzical face, asking the question of, well, why do I need to come back into the office? And it becomes more complex when those people are not client facing or, um, you know, they don't have to engage with the company's customers. They're doing work like software engineering or data or analysis or content creation. So that's a real challenge. And in between those two very clear cohorts you've obviously got a little bit of, of blurring in between those i think you've got um the compliant cohort of people who just want to get back into the office they go to work for a bit of a rest busy busy home pets uh family kids and they enjoy the the notion of the commute and the demarcation that comes with that so they go to the office and feel like you know they're now working and when they go home they can put the bags down and be a mum or a dad or a partner and they enjoy that and they're already back they're going back five days a week and they're enjoying the quieter roads, the quieter commute and the quieter office, ironically. And what is a bit of a dichotomy, because some people are enjoying these empty offices, all the facilities to yourselves, car parking spaces on tap. Um, that's all going to change again if you kind of bump up the, the, the workforce that are present in an office. 
And then the other cohort I think I've identified, but I don't think is often acknowledged or spoken about, is those that are probably looking at how to game the whole situation to their own benefit. These are people that I think have no intention on going back into the office and will hold their employer liable and accountable for any mandatory action on coming back into the office. They'll have very hard and difficult uh, to combat uh, challenge statements such as, well, I'm effective and my performance is great and my performance reviews are solid and the work that I'm doing is of good quality. So why would I want to come back into the office? And if further challenged, they then have a myriad of potential excuses, anything from mental health, which may or may not be genuine, but it's very difficult to know as an employer, to, um, you know, losing family members. And, and I talk to people that would, you know, it, it's unspoken because you don't think that people would do it, but they do. And I think as an employer, you've also got to think about how to deal with that cohort. And that needs dealing with delicately and with some respect. Employers, I think, are in a really difficult position uh, in terms of managing uh, a hybrid working model and what that means. And also getting to the point that I think is on the horizon, but no one really wants to talk about it at the minute, is at some point employers, many employers, although they're saying at the minute that um, everything's fine, you can work from home, it's all good, and we're going to always acknowledge people might not want to come into the office, there is going to be a point where employers are going to have to start emailing out and saying you have to be back in the office like before. I don't think there's any way around that. I know we talk about things will never be the same and, and that's probably true to some extent. But I've spoken to many managing directors recently of their businesses anywhere between sort of SME, 25 to 50 people to medium scale, sort of 500 to 1000 people. Um, and yeah, they are wrestling with that challenge of when to drop that bomb. So um that's my initial thoughts on the hybrid working model and why I think that some issues with the hybrid working model are just the way it's communicated more than anything else. Um, so let's talk about five specific things of problems that I see and maybe these resonate with you. Maybe if anything sounds familiar or you have an opinion, don't forget you can at me on Twitter at MarioDC or at DM underscore daily too. So an even playing field. Employees working remotely often feel excluded right and just because they're not in the room there's a sense of fear of missing out which is a thing and I know companies that are wanting to leverage that to try and encourage people back which I'm not sure is the right thing to do um, I think all employees should be encouraged to follow meeting etiquette when video calls are encouraged rather than phone calls uh, and remote workers are given equal opportunity to contribute to meetings but the difficulty is if you're responsible for rallying around people maybe you're a scrum master the dynamics the the, the difficult dynamics when half of your team is mixed uh, remote and at home and some are in the office in the room that you're in it's really difficult to build a consistent fabric of your project and that's something that as delivery managers I think I'm certainly trying to work out how best to uh, effectively facilitate a mixed uh, location audience you know if you've got 30% of your engineering team remote and they're at home and doing other stuff and cameras off and you've got five people in the room waiting to do a workshop and they're 
sort of bundled up with post-it notes and 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 uh, whiteboard pens and they're ready to go how do you ensure inclusion of everyone and that's a really difficult challenge both technically and otherwise i'm not sure i've got a an answer to that yet um i think another thing to talk about is breaking the barriers to collaboration um you know remote working miss out on the culture and the kind of spontaneous communication with their peers and colleagues so the water cooler moment i guess i think team leaders and, and delivery managers and people at that level should really create opportunities for the team to get together and scheduling time and what i'm trying to do is schedule time in the office so at least once a fortnight people try and get together at least once and it's really difficult to get sort of people to do that and i think managers and leaders also need to plan kind of informal uh, creative sessions for people to share ideas and how people want to work and i think these discussions allow teams to kind of chat freely um on what the future of remote working might look like I think we've also got to be careful of creating multi-tiered economies within our workforces. Those that get opportunities and get ahead because they're present in the office with people. Then then they actively weaponise that presence through social media posts or internal messaging platforms and saying, hey, look, I'm out and about. I'm in the office. I'm travelling. That will absolutely not only create fear of missing out by... Um, those that are working remotely but for those genuine workers that are working remotely the, the psychological impact on that is a real problem that I'm seeing across multiple organizations with small pockets of people that are as a cohort comfortable to travel or get on a train or a plane and go to another office or a client office and they are weaponizing whether they know it or not the notion of well look at me I'm back to normal and therefore I'm progressing my career and my opportunities I'm available I'm present and even if the intent's pure or accidental, it is creating this kind of multi-tiered economy, um, which I think is a real problem and having a negative impact uh, and impacting culture. How you handle that, I absolutely don't know. So let's talk about culture then. Um, it's probably fourth on my list. Um, how do you get a consistent culture from the office to home? Uh, I guess a longer term approach to managing hybrid working uh, and, you know, uh, is extending the facilities and the workplace into the home, offering home add ons um, to existing in office services to retain that kind of workplace experience. So offering your staff office packages or auditing their workspace and then offering them kit to help them we're not at this point just talking about computers anymore we're talking about desks lighting chairs footrests all the usual ergonomic stuff but then some out of the box kind of thinking too we see on linkedin companies post welcome packs or employees post welcome packs and are all excited to start a new job and there'll be a branded notepad and maybe a laptop and a and a mobile phone but maybe those work packages now need to be things like really good quality video conferencing cameras, you know, maybe a Logitech, um, you know, one of the decent ones or a decent microphone or a decent set of headphones alongside the laptop and the mobile phone, you know, to really make people feel um, part of that workplace. And I know companies that do 
really well. Their IT departments work really hard to create that consistent culture and kit and delivering kit to people working remotely in their home. And it has a dramatic effect. In fact, I know one company that will, if you want to and are fortunate enough to have a room in your house uh, that's available, they'll arrange someone to come and fit it out, no matter how small, as a full working uh, environment for you. And I think... And that's your onboarding to the company. And I think that's a great, if if not somewhat uh, aspirational, I guess, for many from a cost perspective. Um, I think employees need to feel confident that they can achieve a balance of being uh, of you from whether they're working at home or in the corporate office, knowing that they're going to have the same opportunities and progress the same way and not miss out on information and just to be able to progress their career without feeling penalised that they've chosen to spend their majority of time at home. Maybe employers will not want to tackle the conversation of, oi, get back in. So those employees will continue to work from home but slowly feel marginalised, pushed to the side. And for the genuine people, that's a real problem. And I think the people that maybe want to game the situation to their own benefit um, is hurting a good chunk of the workforce that actually have legitimate and valid, maybe logistical, maybe personal reasons to spend more of their time at home now rather than in an office, but are still fully committed to their employer and are going to be penalised emotionally and otherwise because you know, they're going to feel marginalised. They're going to feel like they're not getting career progression. They're going to feel left out, basically, if eight of their peers are in the office with the managing director and the leadership team, and they're not. And I think it's a big, big problem that no one's really figured out that well at the minute. Um, And I think we're right at the vanguard of kind of seeing some of these problems now manifest and surface. I was reading from McKinsey. uh, They have three. I'm going to leave you with these three things um, to they talk about the great resignation and the the great um, labor shortage and attrition through the great resignation, which is this notion of um, people have had two years to evaluate their life, what's important to them. Maybe they've managed on an increased budget. Maybe they've managed on a smaller budget or they've had opportunities extended to them because of the pandemic. And maybe they've just decided to change because they value now what's more important to them. So people are leaving in droves. They're looking at jobs that offer full remote working and employers are catching on to this and capturing talent by offering full remote working they're dropping offices and real estate and offering up these kind of home we'll build you an office and you work for us but from your home type package and with a uh, indulgent luxurious salary and if you're a skilled i don't know we'll pick software engineer for example that's a really tantalizing um, offer and employers that have either mixed hybrid working or actually want to get people back into some of their expensive offices, I think they're going to struggle to uh, retain and recruit new talent. McKinsey say that the three things that you should do uh, to combat kind of labour shortages, uh, number three, act boldly to entice people back into the workforce. So we talked about creating flexible employment options, maybe re-examining job requirements to broaden the candidate pool and never saying goodbye. So keeping relationships with people. Um, They say at number two, improve the employer employee relationship where, uh, you know, investing in leadership and better bosses will obviously, you know, result in better outcomes and help bind a culture that suits hybrid working and, and building a community based on purpose. And this is just general leadership somewhat typical McKinsey and at number one they've uh, make work more fulfilling and sustainable now that's 
a bit of a, a difficult, opaque um, statement, I guess. But hybrid working with it brings types of work. And I talk from a, I guess, a software engineering focus or a technical focus because it's all I know. But a lot of the, the work that software engineers would do, it suits working anywhere and you don't necessarily have to be at the client site or in the office. But for a lot of projects, you kind of do. And I think businesses and, and employers are going to see so much trouble over the next kind of 12, 24 months as they wrestle with the balance of client demands with some clients wanting and starting to want presence back in their offices of the expensive consultants that they're hiring. They want to see, um, they want to see people sweating away at a keyboard. And yet, I've experienced myself, you know, working with clients going through transformation that are really now kicked up the bomb and just recognised that an outcome-based approach to business is really important and there's just no value in caring on where your workforce is. What you can do is hold your consultancy firms and your third-party vendors and providers and partners, hold them accountable for outcomes. And we're seeing that shift to outcome. We've talked about it for a long time, but we're now seeing a real shift to outcome-based um measurable kpi driven outcomes in contracts and scopes of work and and ironically that lends itself well to agile ways of working too which is a conversation for another time but hybrid working man i mean yeah what a challenge for both sides of the fence to kind of tackle i'd be really interested to know how you're coping with hybrid working have you been at home for 700 days in the last two years have you gone into the office me i'm trying to balance my time maybe 40 to 50 percent of my time in the office um and using my available time to be flexible whether i'm working at home or a coffee shop and that suits me and that's very individual to me and i'm quite sort of diligent and rigorous with my time management and how and choose to spend my time on what but there are certain things that i can't do in the office anymore because my job's changed i do a lot of media content creation videos podcasts can't really do them in the office because i've spent two years crafting my own workspace at home with all the kit that i've got around me that helps me do any type of workflow really quickly and that allows me to add value to my employer so if they need a video or they need a podcast or they need some artwork or animation i can do that packing all that kit up and taking it into the office five days a week is just impractical yet there are other things that i i can't do at the office like you know sensitive phone calls or hr or pastoral type calls as a leader talking about teams or individuals performances is always a challenge and it's actually a lot easier to do at home but of course, I miss the interaction with people too and just being around and sort of having those water cooler moments that for me are quite important. So here are top three things that I think employers and employees should do when thinking about hybrid working. So if you're an employer at number three, recognise that you have different cohorts of people with different motivations and different life circumstances and different attitudes to coming back into work. And the hybrid working model needs to identify those cohorts and then address those cohorts specifically one hybrid working model with flexibility will not accommodate all those cohorts so if you're an employer identify your cohorts and understand what they need uh, where you can both agree on what the future hybrid model working model looks like for them um, to make sure that across all your workforce everyone has the best opportunity of getting what they want both employer and employee and number two as an employer be very clear on what you're communicating so 
don't rely on flexibility when you know damn well in your business model that you want everyone back into the office. If that's what you want and need, then say so, because people see through any lack of um, authenticity and will challenge it. So if you need people back into the office because you've got expensive buildings or you've got kit that needs to be used or you're the employer, you are the boss, you can say, we want everyone back into the office. Be bold, be brave and communicate that properly and respectfully and ethically and see what happens. And if you lose your workforce, then well, um, maybe they weren't the right workforce to begin with. Although I appreciate that's easier said on a podcast than done. But at number one, what I think employers need to do is really be realistic about what the future looks like. So if point two Uh, resonates a little bit and you really want everyone back into the office really think why and really think about what compromises as an employer you can make to ensure that you get the best out of your workforce communicate accordingly don't communicate a bad plan and include the workforce in the decision making by way of some of those interactive kind of sessions that I've I've talked about earlier uh, to get people heard and make sure that their thoughts and opinions are covered too so if you're an employee Here's the top three things I think you should do as an employee. Be clear to your employer. So if your life's changed or you've got different um, uh, requirements or or pressures on your time or you do more school runs or you need to be there for your partner, uh, maybe you look after an elderly relative or or, uh, a sick child or, or anything in between, be honest with your employer and be clear. Explain in a, almost a business case way. Over the two years, my life's changed in this manner. I now need this, this and this. What can I do uh, as an employee um, to help facilitate your hybrid working model? So I think being clear about that is really important. Right, two, really think about and try going back into the office. Before discounting it, try and go back. Go back for a week, two weeks, full time. See how you feel. You might actually find that you want to be back in the office, but you just didn't know. And and then you will appreciate the flexibility offered by your employer. Um, But at number one, don't game the situation. If you don't want to go back and you have no intention on going back, just like the advice I'm giving to the employers, then say, say, actually, Mr. or Mrs. Employer, I've decided that I believe I can do a good job for good pay at home and I don't want to come back into the office for this, this, this and this reason. Be clear to your employer, treat them like an adult and they may say, well, that doesn't suit us, we're going to have to part ways. Um, Or you may be able to compromise something, but be honest about that up front rather than going through the motions of, um, oh, I'm struggling a little bit, I don't really want to risk catching a virus or or I'm just not sure maybe next week I think kicking that can down the road isn't right for you as an employee or the employer and I think just getting down to brass tacks conversations about what you want is going to be easier in the long run so there's my top six three for an employer three for an employee things that I think you need to do when thinking about hybrid working if you've got your own hybrid working thoughts or experiences or you've been on the receiving end of a hybrid working model that has worked or not get in touch via twitter at mario dc or at dm underscore daily I'd be really interested to hear from people that are about to take jobs too 
whether they've been offered fully remote or not. Maybe even the interviews being remote or maybe the interviews being mandated that you go into the office. What did you think about that? Get in touch on Twitter and look forward to talking to you in the next episode. This episode sponsored by MD Technology Services for IT consultancy and digital delivery projects and Creative Pixel. If you want an affordable bespoke website, which won't break the bank, get in touch. Creativepixel.me.uk forward slash DM daily for a 10% discount on all websites. 